Hello this everybody day. and everybody that will join later. Hello to you too. <laughs> yeah, we hope y'all out there staying dry. It's like a tsunami outside. Monsoon outside. <laughs> but God is good nevertheless. Alright, so I'll just give a little synopsis. This is a continuation of last week's message. So if you guys haven't seen that, we greatly encourage you to go back and watch it either now or at the conclusion of this live stream. We talked about being born again, baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit, and we're going to do a quick recap of that. So without any further ado, go ahead and get started. All right, we'll dive straight into it. So thank you again for everyone who's with us, who will be with us. Thank you to all of you. Uh, for making this possible because it's definitely important for everyone to hear God's word and I encourage everyone to everything we say like go back in the scripture try to see if what we're saying is true I mean I, I guarantee you it is but definitely don't trust anybody's word whatever they say go to the scripture ask questions so I definitely want to encourage everybody to ask questions and that's actually what brought this topic up uh, because I, I receive this question all the time and I'm thankful for it because questions are how we learn. And so I appreciate all questions, especially the sincere ones. Uh, sometimes people want to just argue for fun and I'm not really interested in that nor will I do that I'm not going to waste someone's time who's actually trying to learn by arguing with somebody who really doesn't care <laughs> so <clears throat> without any further ado last week we talked about being born again and so we went to John 3 5 which is where we're going to start out today try to cover that briefly um, so if you will, Melvin, read verse 5 for us. Starting out on John chapter 3 and verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So last week we went through, and if I need to, I can go over that again. But we basically reached the conclusion that Jesus said be born again of water and spirit now that water and spirit represents water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy Ghost and even in verse 7 he says marvel not that I say unto thee don't get surprised don't get shocked don't get bent out of shape you must do this now we're going to fast forward to Acts chapter 2 verse 38 Acts 2 and 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So very familiar scripture. We've talked about it so many times. So uh, we see the same two things in this verse that we've seen in John. So Jesus says, uh, Be born again of water and spirit. Here they asked Peter in 37, What should they do? They asked Peter and the rest of the apostles. He said, go be born of water and spirit. Be water baptized in Jesus Christ's name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we're not going to have any trouble with that. But oftentimes I get the question and people say, well, 
What about the thieves on the cross? The thieves on the cross, it doesn't say that they were baptized. So I wanted to spend a little time to cover that question. So let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 23, and we're going to read about the thieves first before I get to the answer of that question. Luke 23 and verse, we'll start at verse 39. Luke 23, verse 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same con condemnation? So here we see the two thieves. We see one of them. He said, Oh, if you the Christ, save yourself and us. See, this man really, he trying to get out of this punishment that he is going to receive said look save us <laughs> we want to get out that's really what he wanted he wanted to get out if you who you are if you who you say you are save us so obviously <laughs> like i said he just wanted what he can get but the other he rebuked even the man that was talking he rebuked the other thief and said hold on man do you not fear god read the next verse please mel and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Man ain't did nothing wrong. Why are, you, why are you talking to Jesus when he's done nothing wrong? We deserve what, we, what we're getting. The man was honest. The man was honest. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus, I'm sorry. Yeah. In verse 42, that shows us this man's belief. He believes in him. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. But, but go ahead, Mel. And Jesus said unto him, verily, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So when people read that, they say, okay, the rich man, he made it into the kingdom. So if you're saying you must be baptized to be saved, you have to get the Holy Ghost. It didn't tell us the the uh, the thief on the cross he ever got that. It doesn't say that. So I just wanted to introduce that. I just wanted us to read it just in case we haven't read it. But now let's go over to the book of Hebrews. To the book of Hebrews and we're going to go to chapter 9. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16 Hebrews 9 and 16 for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of the testator for a testament is of force after men are dead otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth okay 16 says for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. So Jesus came to bring us the New Testament. Testament is nothing but a will. Because look at what it says. It, they have to die. The testator, the person giving the, those words, that agreement. You can call it a covenant, a new covenant. The person giving that agreement has to die. Now, in verse 17, it says, For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So, 
the New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Agreement does not start until the death of Jesus. Does not start. Now, he's teaching it, and obviously you see people beginning to do it, which is, that's, that's right, that's what they're supposed to do. But the Jews were still under the Old Agreement, the Old Testament, because Jesus had not shed his blood yet. Now, we're going to go and read it because some people say, oh, well, uh, Jesus didn't die before. How do you know Jesus? Uh, because Jesus died after them. But people say, how did you know he didn't die until after they died? So we're going to go cover that as well. So uh, let's go to John chapter 19. Actually, no, 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 I'm sorry. Keep reading. Keep reading down to verse 19. I'm going to connect this to the Old Testament first. Whereupon neither the First Testament was dedicated without blood. Now, now he's switching. Paul is switching from talking about uh, the New Testament. Well, he, he's really not talking about any Testament yet. He's just saying Testament in general. So now he wants to tell us, hey, the First Testament, which was under the law of Moses. He's going to talk about that. Uh, read, read that. Verse 19. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law he took the blood of cows and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people saying this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you moreover he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all of the vessels of the ministry now they dedicated they showed the agreement to the first testament which is what the Jews were under they showed their agreement with bloodshed. So in the book of Exodus, and I'll give us give you guys the scriptures. Uh, I won't go. Uh, I might go to a couple of those places, but I'm not going to go to all the places in Exodus uh, because we we just need to see the similarities between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So in the Old Covenant. They had made it out of Egypt, and now they have come to the wilderness. So God begins to work with these people because they do not know God. People know God exists. Does not mean they know who God actually is, though. These people were in the same situation we find ourselves in today. We know God exists, but we really don't know what he desires, what he wants. And then some of us, we just quite frankly don't care what he desires and wants. We're going to do our own thing anyways. But so they get out into uh, the wilderness. They've left Egypt now. So if you, and we're not going to get this one, but if you look in Exodus chapters 20 through chapters 23, you're going to see uh, God began to speak to Moses and tell him all of the things that he wants the children of Israel to do. So he's telling them things such as thou shalt not serve any other gods. Um, thou shalt not have any other gods before him. Uh, he even talked about not being a false uh, witness against people. Like all of the laws, God began to tell the people. So Moses writes them down in a book. And that's the book that it mentions here in verse 20, I think it said 20. Where was it? Where did I just see that? Yeah, in verse 20, 19, I'm sorry. And sprinkled both the book. So he put blood on the book and he put blood on the people. 
Now this is blood from animals, obviously, the calves and the goats. So upon the agreement of the first testament, there was bloodshed upon the people. Now for the New Testament, there's also going to be bloodshed. So if you let's look at let's go ahead and go to John right quick so I can show this bloodshed. Let's go to John chapter 19. Verse 32. Let's start at 31. John chapter 19 and verse 31. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So it says the Jews... They wanted the bodies to be taken off of the crosses, all three of them, the two thieves and Jesus, because the Sabbath day was approaching. And they didn't want people, <laughs> they didn't want these men still up there on the Sabbath day. So they begged Pilate, that's what basalt means, they begged them to break their legs so they can take these people away. Like, go ahead, let's put them in the tomb, let's bury them, whatever they're going to do with these people, these men. Jesus and the two thieves, let's go ahead and do it. All right, Melvin. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. So they come to the two thieves first. They come to the two thieves first. Jesus' blood has not yet been shed for the New Testament, uh, for the agreement of the New Testament. So they come to the two thieves first, breaks, their, breaks both of their legs. These, both of those men are dead. They've been on the cross, and now uh, they've broken both of their legs. Now look at 33. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forth, forthwith came there out blood and water. Blood and water. What did they just say to us in Hebrews that they mixed with the blood? For the agreement of the new uh, the, of the first covenant, blood and water, the same thing here. They they mixed blood and water and put it upon the people's head. Jesus' blood had not yet been shed until after the two thieves were dead. So people wonder, oh well, if you say you have to be baptized, then why did the thieves get in? Because they weren't baptized. They're under the they're under the old covenant. They have not yet. No one had, um, excuse me, no one had become a part of the new covenant because Jesus was still alive. They're all three on the cross together. So, and I'm going to show you some more things as well uh, because they actually were baptized, just not the way that we are to be baptized now. Not the, not the new way that Jesus said we should be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and they had not received the Holy Ghost. But, I'm going to cover that as well. Uh, but read on down, Melvin. Uh, and he saw, and he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. Now it's John talking here. 
For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Now, that's why that happened that way. Because the scripture cannot be broken. In the Old Testament, uh, it was written that a bone of Jesus should not be broken. So that's why they broke the two bones of the two thieves. The scripture wasn't written about that, their bones not being broken. They were supposed to be broken. But when they get to Jesus, you cannot break the scripture of God. Now, you can disobey it. You're just going to find yourself on the wrong side of things. But the scripture will not be broken. The scripture has to be fulfilled. Everything in this book will come true. Regardless of whether who believes it or not, it's going to come true. Uh, go ahead, Melvin. And again, another scripture said, they shall look on him who, whom they pierced. See, scripture already told us Jesus was going to get pierced in the side. The scripture had already said that before Jesus ever got here. It already has said that. So, now, let's run over to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at the 10th chapter. Because these people were still under the first covenant. Because, again, the testament is nothing but a will. That's all it is. If someone was going to uh, leave you their house, let's say your parents, whoever, somebody's going to leave you something, leave you a house. Now, it may be written down in the book. You might have already told them, hey, I'm going to give you this house. But you don't actually get it until that person dies. That's the same way with the New Testament. Jesus was here telling us things of the New Testament. But it did not actually start until his blood was shed. Until they pierced him in his side, the blood came out. It did not actually start until Jesus had died. That's all a testament is. That's all a will is. Same thing. So, uh, Melvin, verse 1, chapter 10, if you will. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, we're talking about the Jews here under the first covenant, under the, the Old Testament. So, Paul says... <laughs> Paul says, brethren, don't be ignorant. See, people, we don't know a lot of things, but we do a lot of talking. Don't be ignorant of this. Our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. Water, spirit. That's all that is. The cloud represents spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. The water, or excuse me, the sea represents water. We know sea is water. They were all baptized. Jesus said the same thing. Be born again. Be baptized of the water and of the spirit. <laughs> this book lines up everywhere. It lines up from the Old Testament to the New Testament. See, we're talking Old Testament here. See, I'm no doubt people ask Paul the same question. Paul said, don't be ignorant of this now. People say, oh, well, they weren't baptized. They were baptized unto Moses under the cloud and in the sea. See, the way God did things in the Old Testament was different 
from the way he did it in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, I can't remember who the children of Israel were going to battle against, but God had told them specifically to not take certain things when they would go into an area and uh, basically God would give that land to them. He told them to not take certain things with them when they continued their journey. And so Achan, uh, he had taken the accursed thing, the Bible calls it. Some God told him not to take. And do you know God punished the entire family of Israel? He punished all of them. He didn't just punish Achan. They were going to battle with other people. I don't remember the groups. The Hittites, the Amorites. I don't remember which group it was. But they were going to battle with these people. And they would look at them and say, oh, it's not that many. We'll, we'll easily win this. They lost every time. They started losing. So they began to wonder, why on earth are we losing? And God had to tell them, it's because y'all have the accursed thing y'all did something i told y'all not to do see there were some no doubt there were people there didn't even know nothing about it this man he, he took it Aiken took it and hid it in the ground some people didn't even know nothing about it. somebody might have but a lot of them i'm sure they didn't even know about it because he hid it he knew god told him not to do it but yet he did it anyways so god punished the all of them he punished them all so in the New Testament, things have changed now. Um, we might get it, uh, but there's a proverb. Uh, but let, let me finish talking about this first, and then we'll get that next. Uh, but so, Jesus said, be born again of water and spirit. In the Old Testament, they did the same thing. When they came, when they were getting ready to leave uh, Egypt, God took them to the Red Sea. Red templified blood that's all it represented was blood <laughs> and I'm not even going to get into why we get baptized but that's to receive the blood you can't separate water and spirit that's why when Jesus was piercing the side out came blood and water uh, that's why in the Old Testament when Moses he turned the Nile River into blood you can't separate blood and water but I'm not trying to get into that too deeply uh but they all were baptized unto Moses. So when they came to the Red Sea, they had nowhere else to go. Moses had to use the rod, and God parted the Red Sea for them. So they crossed over unto the other side. So that represented their water baptism. That's why Paul said it here. And were all baptized. All baptized. Jesus said, uh, go ye therefore into all nations, teaching them whatsoever I've told you. Uh, he said, go baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So all, same way in the Old Testament, they were all baptized unto Moses. So, and then it also brings up the cloud. Now, you'd have to go back, uh, I'm trying to remember where the verse was. It's in the book of Exodus. Uh, I think it was... Oh, it's Exodus 13. We're not going to get it. We're not going to get it, at least not right now. Uh, but just for people that want to go look it up, it is in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 and 22. So now after they have gotten in the wilderness, 
it says, the Bible says, there was a cloud that uh, led them by day, a cloud. And then by night, there was a pillar of fire. So fire led them at night, a cloud led them in the day, representing nothing but the God Almighty, representing nothing but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, nothing but the Spirit of God. See, the Spirit of God should lead you. Um, Jesus talked about it when he was here. He said, uh, when the Comforter shall come, uh, he shall lead you into all truth. It's going to lead you. He's not going to be behind you and you're going to lead him. Some of us want to do that. He's going to lead you. So it represented the Holy Ghost being there with a person at all times. That's all that was. A cloud. Now, this was a physical cloud back in the days of Moses. A physical cloud led them by day. And a physical ball of fire led them by night. Jesus said, I am the light. I'm the light of the world. Representing nothing but the spirit of God leading a person. So, Paul said, don't be ignorant of this now. Don't be ignorant. They were all baptized under the cloud. That's the spirit. Jesus talked about it. Be born again of the spirit. And in the sea. They all went through the Red Sea. So, I just wanted to clear that up. Because people say, well, how did the thieves get in? See, they were under the old agreement. So, this baptism unto Moses, that covered them. See, the Jews, they brought up Moses all the time. They brought up the laws all the time because that's what they knew. That's what they were under. Us today, we're not Jews. Don't fool yourself. There are people running around saying, I'm a Jew. I'm a Hebrew Israelite. I'm not trying to get into all that. But, and I could too. But, <laughs> because I can go pick up Moses. I'm going to just hit this real quick. People today say I'm a Hebrew Israelite, especially uh, my fellow African Americans, my fellow blacks. We say I'm Hebrew Israelites. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Go back and pick up, I think it's Numbers, the 12th chapter. I'm almost certain it's Numbers, the 12th chapter. But if I'm wrong, uh, it's in the book of Numbers. Pretty sure it's the 12th chapter. Aaron, which was a priest, he was Moses' brother. Miriam was Moses' sister. We all know that Moses was a Jew. He was a Hebrew Israelite. Now, Moses, now God, God's going to settle everything. This book, if we go back to the book and accept what it says, it'll answer everything that we need to know. In this book, in Numbers the 12th chapter, I'm pretty sure Aaron and Miriam, Moses' blood brother and sister, both Hebrews, they got upset with Moses because he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, anybody in their right mind knows an Ethiopian woman is an African. We know that we know Ethiopia Ethiopians come from Africa. We know what their skin looks like. So Moses married outside of his uh, nationality, outside of the Israelites, and. If that were not true, then you tell me why Mar uh, Miriam and Aaron got upset that he married this woman. They, they didn't want him being with this woman. Same way today, 
people don't want someone in one race to marry outside of their race. They, they no, nah, well, you need to keep it in the family. You need to keep it in this, keep it in that. <laughs> you shouldn't be in an interracial marriage. God had to straighten that out, though. Now, you go back and see what happened to them for doing this because, <laughs> uh, good God of mine, God does not think like we think. God does not care about race. But anyways, I'm, I'm not even trying to get into all that. But I, I just hear so many things that, quite frankly, if we were to study the scriptures, we see how false they are. But uh, so let's go to let's go to let's go to Exodus. We'll get chapter twenty four. Um, actually, let's. I want to show, I want to show people that everything I'm saying is coming straight from the scripture. Look at Exodus, and we're just gonna get. Uh, look at Exodus 21. And verse. Just verse one. That's all I need. Exodus 21, verse one. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. Now this God talking to Moses. These are the judgments which you shall set before them. You can, you can read. You can go ahead and read down some. If thou buy an Hebrew servant six years, he shall serve. And in the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. Good God Almighty. Why are we talking about slavery? I don't even want to get into that either. But people upset about slavery. Find out who sold who to whom. If you go back... Uh, uh, Joseph, he was sold into slavery by his own brothers. That's that's how slavery started. Your own brothers sold you. Look here, he said, if thou buy a Hebrew servant, how were the Jew? How were how was a Hebrew going to get a Hebrew servant? Somebody was going to sell them to him. Their own family was going to do that. I'm not trying to get into that. Keep reading, Mel. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. Now, this God talking. God setting down some, some judgments, some laws that he wants his people to follow. You don't have to follow God's law. You can do whatever you want to do, but it's in your best interest to follow God's law because God cares about you. He loves you. And everything he told us to do was for our benefit, not for his benefit, because God does not need us. We need him. So... Uh, flip over or jump over to chapter 22 and just read verse 1 if a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep mm -hmm. if a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die there shall no blood he shed for him now that, see this is Old Testament this is the first covenant See, this is what God is telling Moses under the first covenant. If you if you can recall when Jesus came, he said, you have heard of the old times. They say an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. He said, that's the old time. Then Jesus said, but I say unto you. See, now the old times is passing away. Jesus is now teaching the new time. He said, but I say unto you, if a 
if a man hateth his brother without a cause, he is a murderer. We got hatred every day. No reason. I just don't like them. I hate them. Yep. Can't stand them. I hate to see them coming. <laughs> hatred for no reason. Where is the love of God that we say we possess? But so anyway, I just wanted to show us all of the judgment. I mean, his chapters full of judgments, chapters full of laws, rules. Look at chapter 23, read verse 1 there. Thou shalt not raise a false report, false report, put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Now, God's still telling us the law. Now, let's move over to chapter 24. So he gives the teaching of the laws before the people make the actual before the actual covenant begins he gives the teaching first now we see the teaching that he told Moses now Moses comes uh, look at chapter 24 verse 3 this is the same stuff that we just read in Hebrews the ninth chapter I'm just going through it and showing us showing everybody how it actually occurred look at uh, chapter 24 verse 3 and Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. Now, he told them everything we just read, which, excuse me, we didn't read all of it, but he, he told them the things which we just skimmed through. And now the people said, we agree, we're going to do it. So, keep uh Keep reading down, Moses. Uh, I said, Moses. <laughs> Keep reading down, Melvin. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Now skip down to verse 7. Well, he, well, go ahead. Go ahead read down. Just read 5. I'm sorry. And he sent young men of the children of Israel which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in the basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Mixed with blood and water. We just seen that in Hebrews, the ninth chapter. He mixed it with blood and water. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All the Lord hath said we will do and be obedient. Read it to them again. Read it to them again so they know. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant, which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses and that's, Aaron. That's good right there. That, that settles it. See, that blood was shed there and it was put upon the people. Now that settles it. The agreement has begun. That settles it. So when we fast forward to... Uh, John 3 5 we see Jesus say you got to go get baptized you got to get the Holy Ghost we see that same thing in Acts 2 38 they asked Peter men and brethren what shall we do Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do he said repent be baptized none but be born of water same thing Jesus said and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost get the spirit same thing so there is no issue there with the thief on the cross getting in because they were still under the old agreement 
Jesus had not been pierced in his side. That blood has not been shed yet. He had not died. Uh, they died before him. So you see, the scripture said it plainly. They went to the thief one and thief two, or however you want to put it. They went to the two thieves first, came to Jesus, pierced in the side, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. So I just wanted to uh, go and clear that up because I, I have received that question numerous times and I might want to go back to Hebrews just to read it again let's go back to Hebrews I want to read it again Let's go back. Now that we've read it, let's go back. Let's start again at 16. Hebrews 9, verse 16. For mm -hmm. where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Mm -hmm. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. The will does not mean a single thing if that person never dies. I can write a will right now. But if I were to live forever... It wouldn't matter. Take effect. It would be of none effect. Same way with the words of Jesus. Jesus had to die. People, the thieves on the cross said, save yourself and save us. Even people walking by said, he saved so many others, but can't save himself. Jesus didn't come to save himself. He never came so that he didn't have to die. Jesus knew he was going to die all along. But for the love that he had, he did that for us. He took our place. So Jesus had to die or the New Testament was not going to be able to begin. He had to. Let's go ahead, man. 18. Yeah. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. So now we see it connects the New Testament with Jesus dedicating his blood to the Old Testament where the calves and the, the the goats and the lambs, they dedicated their blood. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is that same sacrifice. He is the same sacrifice. But the animals, it didn't suffice God. It just held us over for a certain amount of time till the time of Jesus to be born. Uh, 19. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll just read it. For when Moses had spoken every precept yet to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of cows and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled the blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the, of the ministry. So, same thing happened there. The blood was shed and it was put over the people. Jesus shed his blood for you and I. Now it's up to you whether you receive that. And that's what we're begging for people to do today. And that's why he put such a great emphasis on baptism. Because you cannot, once again, you cannot separate blood from water. You cannot separate blood from water. 
I repeat it again, when Moses went down to the Nile River, you go back and pick it up if you want to, go back and read it. Moses went down to the Nile River, he turned that blood into water. Or excuse me, he turned that water into blood. So, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. You, you just can't separate the water from the blood. And that's why Jesus continues to he continued to emphasize and the apostles they emphasize water and spirit. You must get water baptism because they knew that blood is associated with the water. And you must get the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, because somebody's got to lead you. And if we lead ourselves, Jesus said, I am the way. We have to follow his way. We have to follow in his footsteps. We need the spirit. But uh, look at uh, go down to 22 and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission there is no remission without the shedding of blood now he, we're talking about remission of sins there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood let's go to uh, let's go to Acts 2.38 Somebody needs to see this. Because people wonder why we continue to stress baptism. Because the apostles continue to stress baptism. And Jesus told them, he that heareth you, heareth me. So if you hear the words of the apostles, the people that seen Jesus, if you hear their words, you hear Jesus' words. And Jesus said, he that heareth me, heareth him that sent me. Talking about God Almighty. If you hear the words of Jesus, you hear the words of God. So the only way to hear the words of God is to hear the words of the people that wrote this book for us. Let's go see what Peter said. Look at Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hold on. Be baptized in Jesus Christ's name. Now what did he say it's for? The remission of sins. For the remission of sins. Now, Hebrews 9 and 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there ain't no remission. When Jesus was on the cross, they pierced him in his side and out came blood and water. So, <laughs> you cannot separate, once again, you cannot separate the blood from the water so when you go down in the name of Jesus Christ you then receive that blood that's the same that's the very reason God had Moses go down there glory to God that's the same reason God had Moses go down there and turn the Nile River water into blood so when you go down in the name of Jesus Christ that water turns into blood and it covers you. So that's the same thing that Moses did. He took that blood and put it on those people. So when you go down in the name of Jesus Christ, you now receive his blood to cover you. That's it. So that's why you see. Let's go to Acts the 19th chapter. We're going to see the gospel of the scriptures, not the traditions that we follow today. Let's go see what Paul was concerned about. Let's see if Paul knew what he was talking about. Uh, let, let's start at verse 1, Mel. Acts 19, verse 1. 
And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding so, certain hold disciples. On, hold on a second, Mel. I'm sorry. So Paul wrote majority of the New Testament. Now, man should know what he's talking about. Paul, he came to Ephesus and found some people who were disciples, people who were already followers of God. Read verse 2 for us, man. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't even know what you're talking about, man. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Now, he went down there and asked them about the Spirit. Jesus said, You must be born of the water and Spirit. Paul goes down there and asks them about the Spirit. He, they said, we don't know what you're talking about. Paul, Paul automatically knows, oh, you don't have it then. Even though they claim they were disciples, even though they've already claimed to be a follower. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? Paul asked about their baptism. Same, the same two things when uh, the people asked Peter what should they do. He said, be baptized. And receive the Holy Ghost. Same two things. Same two things. Uh, go ahead, read down. Uh, read re verse 5. Read verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the same gospel that Peter just preached. Be baptized in Jesus' name. That's the same gospel. Now let's go, let's move over to Acts the 8th chapter. Uh, I'm sorry, Acts the 8th chapter, and we will read because uh, I wanted to answer this question as well because a lot of times preachers teach today, a, a lot of people teach that a person has received the Holy Ghost when they've said, oh, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. They say, oh, congratulations, shake your hand. You, you just got the Holy Ghost right there. We're not going to find that in the scripture, though. We're not going to find the apostles say that to people. So are you going to follow what they follow? Let, let's see. Let's see here. Because as I just mentioned, when Paul went down there, the scripture said, now this book, the scripture said he found some disciples. So they have already made that confession. They are disciples. He didn't say uh, when he asked them, have they received the Holy Ghost? <laughs> when they said, we never heard of the Holy Ghost, Paul should have said, man, you already got it because you are a disciple. But that's not what he said. He didn't say that. Now, let's go see what Philip said. Philip was one of the deacons chosen by Peter uh, to basically keep some things in order in the church. Now let's read uh, Acts the 8th chapter, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. So Philip goes down to Samaria, tells them about Jesus Christ. Now we're going to skip down to verse 12 for the sake of time. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. Believe. When they believe. People say when you believe. You have the Holy Ghost. They believe Philip preaching things concerning the kingdom of God. 
and the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. Now, by a lot of our estimations out there, we say, oh, these people got the Holy Ghost. I've heard many times. I read these same very scriptures with people. They say, oh, yeah, they got the Holy Ghost. Say, is that so? Is that so? That's not what the book says. That's what so-and-so said. Are we going to follow the book, though? All right, Melvin. Uh, let's drop down to verse 14. So we're going to see something here. Now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, mm -hmm. when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the oh. Holy Ghost. Now, these people were in Samaria. Philip was in Samaria. And word gets back to Jerusalem. I don't know how long it took them to get there. But keep in mind, these people did a lot of traveling by camels and donkeys and those types of things and walking in those days. So now they're going to move a little bit slower. But now word gets back to Jerusalem that these people, they've been receiving God's word down there. They've been listening and believing what the scriptures say. So they sent Peter and John in verse 14. They sent Peter and John. And in verse 15, look at the reason they sent them. So that they might receive the Holy Ghost. It didn't say that these people already got the Holy Ghost. So we have to go back to the scriptures to make sure our salvation, our doctrine, our beliefs line up with God. Because now this is God's word. We say it all the time. We believe this is God's word. Let's make sure we line up with God. Because we don't want to get on the wrong side of God. So let's just make sure. So in verse 15, Peter and John went down there to pray for these people so that they can get the Holy Ghost. Not because they already had it. And if somebody says, oh, well, they do have the Holy Ghost, that, that's a misinterpretation. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. How much more clear can it be? The Holy Ghost has fallen upon none of them. Not a single one. They'd have made the confession, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe in him. They'd have made that. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. They made that confession. It told us previously. It said they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God it said they believed in Jesus Christ they were even went so far to even get baptized in the man's name but they still have not yet received the Holy Ghost read verse 17 for us Mill. then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost so they prayed for these people. It just told us they went down there so that they could pray for them. They prayed for these people so that they could receive the Holy Ghost. So I wanted to kind of answer or discuss some of the misconceptions that are out there that say that people receive the Holy Ghost just by saying, I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That does not mean someone has the Holy Ghost. And we see that in Scripture. Let's go to Acts the 10th chapter. Uh, let's go to the 10th chapter. 
And we're going we're gonna to drop down to verse 44. Now, Peter, he is in the house of Cornelius, and he preaches to them about Jesus Christ, and he tells them about the life of Jesus. And so we're going to start at verse 44 and pick it up. Acts 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Now, these people received the Holy Ghost here. Look at verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how Peter knew. That's how all of them knew. Look at 45. See, these people are going to be amazed because, excuse me, because these uh, Gentiles, which that's what Cornelius and all that was in his house were, they're going to be amazed that these people received the Holy Ghost. And they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So these Jews, they've already spoken to them. That happened in chapter 2. That's Acts chapter 2 at the very top. We've covered that before. We've talked about that. These Jews already had this experience. They already received the Holy Ghost. So... They are in the house. Peter is preaching. These people out of nowhere began speaking in tongues. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Out of nowhere, these people began to speak in tongues. So the Jews, those were the people of the circumcision. They were astonished. They didn't believe this could happen. They, they didn't know what just happened. They're like, man, we can't believe these folks are getting saved right here in front of us. So... Now that's spirit. Now look at, uh, keep reading, Mel. Uh, 47. You read 47. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Mm -hmm. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed them, they him to tarry certain days. Water and spirit. Same two things. The gospel did not change in the Bible. But today, the gospel... It, it really hasn't changed, but people preach a gospel that's changed. The scripture did not change. So, my friend, let's go back and check our salvation. Let's go back and check it. Because we don't want to get to the end of the time and find out we have not done the things necessary for us to be saved. Jesus said, Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Not he that believeth or is baptized. There's an and there. You must believe. We've seen these people believed Philip. They got baptized. Then they received the Holy Ghost. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 8. Now these people, they received the Holy Ghost. They believe. They received the Holy Ghost. Then they get baptized in Acts chapter 10. Now, uh, let's I'm going to get ready to close here but let's let's look at let's go to Corinthians the 14th chapter because there's a lot of misconceptions and confusion on tongues that's true let's look at uh, Corinthians 14 and and I <laughs> We can go back to the Old Testament and see this as well. Uh, which let's go to the Old Testament first. I want to get that. I want to get that 
I think it's Isaiah 28 and 11. Let's get that first. Glory to God. That's it. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. With stammering lips and another tongue. There ain't nothing but speaking in another language. Speaking in a language you never learned when you received the Holy Ghost. Just as they did in Acts chapter 2. Just as they did in Acts chapter 8. Just as they did in Acts chapter 10. All throughout the scripture. That's what they did. Acts chapter 19. And... Today, in our very time, same thing. Peter said, this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Acts 2 and 39. See, the promise, the Holy Ghost is for all of us if you want to receive it. And the only way you know you have received it is when you speak in an unknown language. Tongues is a sign. That's what we're going to get in the book of Corinthians, the 14th chapter. I'm going to go there uh, right after this. But... In verse uh, 11, he says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. God's going to speak to you. He's going to let you know. <laughs> what he's doing is telling us we just received his spirit. Now, look at verse 12. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Good God, we won't listen to God himself. He said, look, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. It's going to give you rest. It's going to give you peace, joy, happiness, love. It's going to give you so many things. And I'm not saying you don't have any of those without the Holy Ghost. Don't get me wrong. But there's going to be a change in you. There's going to be something different in you when you receive it to dwell, dwell in you. So he says, I'm going to use tongues to let them know this but look at that last clause he said yet they would not hear <laughs> you tell people this all the time they said no nah, it ain't true i want to hear that now <laughs> no sir you mean to tell me i gotta speak gibberish a guy told me that one time i said sir i i can't remember what i said to him but if i can see it right now sir you don't have to do anything you don't want to do that's why i tell anybody this is God-ordained. When people speak in an unknown, unknown tongue, that's God-given. Not everybody, because some, some people do fake. I'm not talking about the fakers. I don't have nothing to do with the fakers. I'm talking about God's giving out his spirit every day to those that want it. Yet, people are not going to listen. He already said this. So I know right now I'm saying this, and some people that are going to look at this video say, No, sir, he got that wrong. That's fine, friend. God already said you're not going to hear it. He know who we are. He know who those people are that are not going to hear it. But for, but for somebody out there, you're going to hear it. Let's go back to Corinthians now. Uh, the 14th chapter. 1 Corinthians, that is. The 14th chapter. And let's look at verse... Uh, where's the verse I'm looking for? 14, isn't it? Is it 14? No, not verse 14. It's a 14 chapter, uh, but it says, Tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. It's around the end. It's close to the end of the chapter. 
22. 22. All right. You go ahead. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign. Tongues are for a sign. He just told us in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah looked down through the time and seen tongues is going to be a sign. It's an indicator. That's all it is. Tongues is not the Holy Ghost itself. Tongues lets you know you have received the Holy Ghost. That's the same way Peter knew in Acts chapter 10. The rest of the apostles knew in Acts chapter 10. They knew these people received the Holy Ghost because of the tongues. In Acts chapter 2, the sound came from heaven. They were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Spirit allowed them to speak in tongues. Tongues is not the Holy Ghost by itself. Tongues is an indicator. It's a sign to let a person know they have it. Uh, Still in 22. Yeah. Go to 21. That's Go to 21. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. For all that. He, now he goes back and quotes Isaiah 28, 11. We just read it. He said, in the law it is written. Tredarius said, what verse are you in? Uh, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 21. Yeah, I just want to make sure he got it. Uh, thank you for asking, stopping us and asking, because we definitely don't want to lose anybody. And sometimes I do talk a little fast. Yep. <laughs> so in 21... In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. He just told us, we just went there and read it. In Isaiah 28, 11, we just went and read that. But now Paul quotes that same thing here. And then look at what he says in 21. He said, tongues is nothing but a sign. Tongues is a sign. It's an indicator. i ask you this question. Uh... If you've ever been on the internet and we know there's like pop-up browsers um, <laughs> and usually they're fake but they say winner or whatever they say they're letting you know congratulations surprise basically they're just telling you you've won something you won a gift they say you just won something you have the lights flashing flickering you have confetti falling down you have all types of, you might have music you know what all, what all of that is? It's a sign. It's nothing but a sign. Now, obviously, uh, these pages are fake, but they say, oh, click this and you, you can get this car. See, <laughs> the car is the gift, but all that other stuff, the sounds, the, the lights, the confetti, that's a sign to say, hey, you just got it. That's all that is. Tongues is the same thing. Tongues is a sign. Tongues is a sign. Let's go back to, and I'm going I'm to close on this unless uh, people have some questions. Let's go back to Acts, the 11th chapter. Let's go back to the 11th chapter. And we're going to start at uh, verse 1. So now we, we read in the 10th chapter where Peter was just talking 
And these people received the Holy Ghost, and it says they heard them speak in tongues, because that's the sign. They heard them speak in tongues, because that's the sign. So that's when Peter and the rest of the apostles knew. So now, remember, they were in um, Caesarea. I think they were in Caesarea. Uh, so they were not in Jerusalem. Yeah, they were in Caesarea. They were not in Jerusalem. So now let's pick up chapter 11. Uh, we're going to start at verse 1 to see. I want to show us this again. Acts chapter 11 and verse 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. Now, <laughs> so when Peter gets back to Jerusalem, these people, the other uh, apostles, they had already heard that Peter had went down there. And they say, hold on, man. They contended with him. They said, hold on. You went down there and ate with unclean people? See, in, in these times, we have to understand Jews and Gentiles had no relation. They had, <laughs> they didn't want to go to the picnic together. They weren't going to go play basketball together. They weren't going to go do anything together. They had no ties with these people. So, they questioned him about why he went down there and ate with these people, even though it was God that told him to do it. So now look at verse 4. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying... Now I just wanted to show us that Peter is rehearsing what just happened in chapter 10. So he's going to retell us the same stuff that happened in chapter 10. Now that's what Peter's doing here. So, uh, let's skip down so that we don't read all of this. Let's skip down to verse 15. Now, remember, in Acts 10 and 44, it says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. The Holy Ghost fell when Peter was merely talking. Now, he's going to say the same thing again. Look at verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them. As on us at the beginning. Oh, the Holy Ghost fell on them just like it did on Peter and the rest of the apostles at the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning because God does not change, my friends. God does not change. For anybody that's serious about this, they're going to see that the things that I'm saying is true. Uh, chapter Acts chapter 2. Now, we're just comparing this to see if the Holy Ghost fell on them in chapter 10 the same way it did in chapter 2. Start with verse 1, please, man. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared, appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. That's the same exact thing. When they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke in tongues. Now, that's Peter now. That's Peter. That's John. That's Matthew. That's all the apostles. That's Judas. Not Judas Iscariot. There's another Judas that's an apostle. <laughs> that's all of these people. They received the Holy Ghost in the beginning. 
the same way that those people received it in Acts 10, in Acts 19, and that's the same way we should receive it today. So the reason I bring these up is because we have to check our salvation. So many people tell us so many different things, so many different things. But now if you spend some time following the book, we're going to find that the things that we have been taught and heard for so long, those things are not actually true. But thank God this is the wake up call. This is why we do this to spread God's word, to make sure that we know what things we need to do so that we can be saved. So I, I want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in, whether you stay for 30 seconds or whether you mistakenly click this video. <laughs> know that we know that happened. We, we know. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to thank you um, and give Melvin an opportunity to say what he has to say. I don't really have anything. That was a, a good word. But, okay, I do have something. But uh, I noticed, like, <laughs> that there are a lot of misconceptions today. Um, like I said last week, and the word says the devil is the god of this world. And he has so many people blinded. It's so easy to get blinded because we error not knowing the scripture. It's just super easy. And we see that all the way back in the book of Genesis. When um, God told Adam and Eve they could eat from anywhere except for one tree. And then here comes the devil as a snake. God said the day you eat of this tree you shall surely die. And the devil said you will not die. All the devil had to do was add one word. And that changed the complete meaning of what God has said. And he's getting us the same way today because we don't know the word. He doesn't even have to work that hard. Because <laughs> we're not going to read. Exactly. So that's God is, um, and you can't read the Bible like a newspaper. You have to read this verse here, connect it with that verse here. Like what we just read in Hebrews. We went all the way back to Isaiah in the Old Testament saying the exact same thing mm -hmm. so we can't just read in order I mean you can it's good to do that but at the end of the day you have to go and see how these scriptures align because there are no contradictions in the book at least in the King James Version there is no contradiction uh, thank you uh, Pastor Ricks for tuning in <laughs> I, I seen you coming on there I appreciate you tuning in Pastor Ricks thank you, thank you Pastor Ricks and Belinda important to know the truth yeah, yes that's right that's definitely right it's definitely important to know the truth um, so I, I appreciate you guys tuning in with us and commenting interacting I definitely appreciate it thank you guys so much I'm sorry I cut you off though. no you good it's, it's great to interact it's great to have interactions from people and there goes the lights again <laughs> no even the lights are trying to get us out, up out here but yeah, uh, we encourage you guys to come to our live videos or come to our physical Bible studies um, in mm -hmm. person and ask questions and once again to make sure what we are saying directly lines up with the scripture because that's just how serious this is I mean we're talking about eternity here mm -hmm. eternity you know, if you, you can live 500 years on earth that still will amount to nothing as eternity will so we have to make sure that we're right to make sure whatever we're saying lines up exactly with the scripture make sure that we're not being fooled mm -hmm. and we can't read this stuff on our own either where it says how can I hear 
how can I understand what I'm reading without a preacher? I mean, a God-sent preacher to help open our understanding. Because God's going to open our understanding. But they're here to guide us, to help us open our understanding and to see what God is saying. Because we could read something and we could get a totally different meaning. And God had it written that way on purpose. The word also said he's not an author of confusion. So if you're confused, nine times out of ten, it's not from him. But we just we have to have a God sent preacher in order for us to actually understand what it's saying. And that's basically it. So again, we want to thank you guys for watching, whoever watched, and whoever even accidentally clicked on the video <laughs> because uh, we know it happens. <laughs> thank you guys too. Yep. We'll be praying for each and every one of you guys. We yep. love you, God loves you as well. And, and we also hope you stay dry. I don't know if it's raining where you guys are, but it's been raining nonstop all day where we are. So, about to go ahead and cut the live video off. I'm about to go outside and swim some more. So, we hope you guys have a blessed night. We'll see you next week.